But that's girls. Uh, but the girls. <laughs> but the girls. Uh, but the girls. But the girls. But the girls. But the girls. But this is girls. This is girls. That is girls. Alright, I'm almost done. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Welcome back to Asinine Radio, episode 165 of the pod. We have a, an important episode today. We have a very large episode today because we didn't get into any new music last week. But this week, we're going to be talking about the Tiger Army album, Power of Moonlight. But before we do that, we have our Fearless Beer Review, our Songs of the Week, the Album of the Week. And then at the very end, we will be talking about a lot of new music that's been, that has come out in the last two weeks because there's a lot to talk about. Some good and some bad. So Ooh. go rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Go follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Send us an email, Radio at gmail.com. Give us five-star review on iTunes because that helps a lot. And I don't know if I talked about it before, but thank you to the person who did give us five stars. I think it was like two weeks ago. That really means a lot. So good. And it really helps us. It really, really helps us on iTunes. So please go do that if you haven't already. Now let's just get into our fearless beer review. You ready? I am ready. Okay. What do we got? Take take the lead. So going in theme with our with our BJ's Bonanza, this is week two of BJ's beer, and we have moved on to my favorite BJ's beer. This is if I go to BJ's or should I say when I go to BJ's, I don't get any other beer first. This is always the first beer that I get. Every single time, it's the same thing, no matter what. And it's Piranha Pale Ale. Oh. This, this actually is probably my favorite pale ale. Oh, okay. It's better that than good. You, you like it more than Mirror Pond? I'm telling you, man. Mirror Pond has 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 dropped in in its rankings in the past several years. You're out of your mind. It's just it's. It's not that great anymore. <laughs> it's just not. This, however, is absolutely perfect. All right. Well, let's uh, let's crack it open and uh, we'll do our taste test. Okay. Sound good? Okay. okay. I love the sound God, of it smells so good. Can opening. It's like an atom bomb dropping. I've never seen or heard one, but that's probably what it sounds like. I don't know if they exist or ever existed. That's true. They might not have. Never know. You ever seen the videos of the them blowing up the little fake villages? Yeah, I don't. It looks like toys. No, I know those buildings don't look real. They look like toys. You should read up on that conspiracy. That's a good one. That's a fun one to read up on. But anyway, you got yours poured in your I'm glass. Pour, I'm I'm still pouring it now. I I kind of messed it up, and now it's like half foam. So that's fun. Fucking God damn it, Jeff. Yeah, that's that's great. Well, anyway. Anyway, Piranha Pale Ale, uh, like we said before, this is a BJ's beer. 
Uh, I got a six pack of it. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you got a six pack of it as well. Yes, sir. Uh, it says keep refrigerated. <laughs> uh, it's, it's <laughs> fucking. Are you a dog? What's going on with you? Uh, it's five. <laughs> it's five point seven ABV. Uh, the label is really cool. I think all the the VJ's labels are pretty cool, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. They put a lot of time and effort into their beers. Yeah, and they are they, craft. They make them stand out. They are a craft craft brewery. Hold on, it's still. Let's let it. it I never know what you do on this pod. Stretch. But the girls. 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 But this is girls. This is girls. That is girls. I'm almost done. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Jeff finally has Jeff finally has his beer poured, his slow pour of a of a pale ale. So uh, here we go. There you go. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, it's a little bit. I feel like these beers out of the cans tend to be a little bit more maltier than they are when they're straight from the tap. Have you noticed that? Possibly. But I mean, this, this is still solid. Solid Piranha Pale Ale. Ooh. What are you going to give it? What's your rating? Um, oh, man. This is going to be close. Better not give it a perfect. I think I'm going to give it a 2.85. Oh, oh, it's so high. I'm going to give mine a solid 2.5. That's good. It's it's good. I'm, I'll definitely drink it again without a doubt. This is usually my, my second beer I go for at BJ's. I usually go for the harv the harvest hef. That's usually what I go for first, but mm. but yeah, mm. this is this is definitely good. One of their best, I would have to say. They um, according to their website, they add hops after the fermentation, mm-hmm. which is called dry hopping, and that's what gives this uh, beer a florally citrusy flavor. Mm. So that's that's, that's interesting, know. you know. Yeah, I think so. It's crazy how how. All the little techniques when with uh, brewing a beer, it's, it's, yeah. it's interesting, weird, but interesting. Like an old, like an old friend used to say that farmers make wine, but engineers make beer. Hmm. How's Mark that said that? A wise man. <laughs> he is a wise man. They call this prana because uh, because it had a bit of a bite from the Cascade hops. Okay, a bit burger. Bit burger. A bit burger, maybe. Won some awards, a lot of awards. The most recently was, I guess, 2011. So what was it? Not that we would know any of these uh, awards. It was a silver medal at the North American Beer Awards. Okay, nice. But it's won awards at the Great American Beer Festival, state fairs. But as we all know, too, awards mean nothing. Awards mean nothing. Words are like mm-hmm. bullets. Words are like bullets. Oh, speaking of uh, good stuff... Um, New South Park on Wednesday. The cartoon? Yes, the cartoon. What, what else? I don't know. Maybe like Would a video game to? or a movie. No, the new season. A toy line. I don't know. New season there. starts Wednesday. So that's good. Good stuff. I'm excited. All right. You ready to move on? Yeah, I'm just looking at what, what this pairs well with, and it's making me hungry. What does it pair well? I mean, that's all super subjective, too, I guess, but. The tortilla soup. BJ's has really good tortilla soup, though. Yeah, their tortilla soup is good. Um, the salmon quinoa bowl. 
Nah, that's gross. Shrimp and arugula pita tacos. Like, who the fuck, man? That pisses me <laughs> off. Lemon pie. You just chicken. said it made it made you hungry. Yeah, the, the spicy pig pizza and the tortilla soup, but not the enlightened shrimp and arugula pita tacos. Like, who the <laughs> fuck wants to eat that? Tammy would probably eat that. Fucking bullshit. That's like that place we went to in Cyprus slash Cerritos. Did like craft taco place, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, be, that, that place, place wasn't bad. Fuck that place. I was a little pretentious. Yeah. yeah. I'm paying like $9 for two tacos because they dressed it up with cabbage. <laughs> People think you like know, cabbage and radish or some shit and make a good taco. Yeah, it's true. You go to a taqueria and get a better taco for a fraction of the price. Yeah. But uh, also, the chili that they serve at BJ's is infused with the Piranha Pale Ale. Uh, beer. That's right. Fun little fact that's there. Because right. that's what I always get whenever I go to BJ's. Yeah, I, I think we've talked about this last time. Maybe we'll talk about it every single time that we drink the BJ's beer. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it every single time. Yeah, because... We're just going to repeat ourselves over and over and over again. I only get the same shit. I get the chili cheese not or chili cheese fries. They, no, do they no still do cream. that? Yeah. Okay. I haven't asked for it for it in a long time. But they don't have the same fries anymore. They used to have like the the wedge fries. The wedge, yeah. Oh, they're just so good. But now they just have like kind of like normal style looking fries. See, I haven't had them since uh since they got rid of the wedges. Mm. But their chicken nachos, <laughs> fucking good. Chicken nachos. That that's a new one I've I've been on recently. I've had the chicken nachos in the past. I don't think I've had it in a long time because I only get the same like two things, so well, you gotta you gotta expand your your taste a little bit. How often do you go there? Like once every couple of weeks. You should. Do you have the app? Yeah, we have that. Oh, we okay. we do the rewards program. We get a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. You know what you should do is you should see if you see receipts on the floor and then pick them up on the way out. And if they don't Ooh. have the rewards, add them to yours. That's a good call. That's, That's what I do at the grocery call. store. They <laughs> <laughs> get cheap gas, baby boy. Ah, always looking for that deal. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Always fishing, just like Prada. So now we can talk about our songs of the week. <sighs> Who wants to go first here? Uh, you pick. It's your I think, podcast. I think mine is. I think mine is like really the only one that's related to the album of the week. But we'll go with Jeff because Jeff has two. So what do you got first? Mm. What do you want to bring to the table first? Uh, my first pick is from Zoloff and the Rock and Roll Destroyer, and the song's called "Plays Pretty for Baby." And, um, How did you find out about this band? Um, I was in this like indie kick also this week. There was like, besides the Tiger Army Marathon, there's been a couple of things I've listened to a lot this week. And one of them, I listened to a lot of like indie music and I was getting kind of back into it because I really like in- the indie music from like the late 90s into like the 2000s. I think it's mm-hmm. really good. And um, this was just one that was like, oh, this has Anthony Green in it. Kind of. Yeah. My my friend John used to love this band. He was obsessed with them. At first, he I, was, I think he only was on one album, right, or maybe two. It was he was just on the first album and only on, on like half the songs. Oh, okay, but um, this was this was one of his first bands that he was in before this, even this Seosin or Circa. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he was in a couple of bands before this, but I don't think they made it like Spotify they made anything big. significant. But um, but this one, I mean, they this have a, p- a pretty decent amount of listens, so this is pretty big. But yeah, I I thought this band was really cool, and they they kind of got that like um, indie sound to it. So mm, I thought that was like kind of cool. This song is really good too. Plays plays pretty for baby. 
by uh, Zoloff and the Rock and Roll Destroyer. keys in there though that little korg mm-hmm. so good it's great i think his voice sounds fantastic in that song too it's like not as whiny as circa but oh man it's so good i love it but I it's think, definitely him you could definitely tell it's him i think it works too because the other vocalist is a female and yeah. the way they kind of go back and forth they sound similar but if you like really listen to it you can kind of pick out the differences between the two but the girls, like, guest vocaled on a lot of other songs, too, for a lot of, like, fairly well-known bands, like Emotion City Soundtrack, Real Big Fish, The Wonder Years, things like that. So that's that's pretty cool, too. And yeah, she also is. did a, one, a song for Circa on their fourth album. Really? I didn't know that. So that's, like, full circle there, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that they still talk and they still contribute to each other's careers. That's cool. Uh, interesting fact too about this band according to their or according to website was in 2006 they competed in some mountain dew challenge for mtv2 uh-huh. but they lost to halifax yeah bar suck <laughs> I, know. I know they fucking suck so bad yeah huh it's interesting i see i never thought that they've had any sort of success at all i just thought my friend had just found them randomly and just because he loved anthony green so much but well that's cool that's cool that they were more popular than i thought that's cool good find good find jeff good good find uh now my pick my only pick for the show uh is actually related to our album the week uh i chose son of sam the band is son of sam and uh their song stray so son of sam they only put out one record uh it features davy havoc on vocals London May on drums, who played on this Tiger Army record. Nick 13, the singer from Tiger Army, sang on a few songs. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool, man. It's just straight, like, misfits punk rock. That's what it is. Yeah, it was cool. Did I you think, like it? I think I would have liked it more had I not already been listening to hours and hours of Tiger Army. <laughs> I was kind of, I was kind of um, put burnt out by the music. Yeah, burnt out by it. 
but it was cool. Fair enough. I, I enjoyed it. It was it was I, I, I was it was good. 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 But it was good. I will say a lot of the songs on this record sound a lot like each other. So there's not it's just like good punk rock. So here's Son of Sam and the song Stray. fades are on point today are they though yeah they're fucking they're excellent not to toot my own horn but toot toot that was great what if there's already a fade in the song you need a fade a fade dude i will fade on fade on fade if i need to you don't fuck with my fades you do not fuck with my fades but yeah that was son of sam the song astray uh davy havoc was cool enough to be the front man in that and sing on it Uh, also if you didn't know london may the drummer he was the drummer for Sam Hain, which was Glenn Danzig's band after the Misfits. So, yeah, so there you have it. Some Son of Sam and Davey Havoc. There cool guy, it. Davey. Cool guy, Davey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's all move right, on to your, right, your final right. pick. What do you got? Uh, my final pick is from Animal Collective from their album Strawberry Jam. And this was the first Animal Collective song that I heard, I think. And it's called Peace Bone. And I heard it from um, an old Joe Baca friend. An old Joe Baca friend? What he does that mean? He introduced me to this. Well, he's not really our friend anymore. And to be honest, I don't, know if, I don't know if he was like ever our friend. Who was it? Who are you talking about? Joe Baca. You don't remember Joe Baca? Oh, no, I remember. I th- but you said, uh, oh, I thought you meant a friend of Joe Baca. Oh, no. The, the friend Joe Baca. Well, I was the just questioning Joe whether Baca. or not he was like our actual friend or not. I think he was for a little while, and then things got weird. So, I think it was just more we needed a place to drink. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's probably what it was. More but so. I mean, like, did you ever have lunch with him, or did you ever no talk I to never, him outside I was of drinking? No, nah, never, never did. He was more like David Bradley's friend then, maybe. I, yeah. I don't even know how we met him. I think it was through David Bradley. Well, it's because we all worked together at Fix Auto. Did Joe worked there too. Yeah, oh, Joe oof. worked there up until like six months ago. What? Yeah, him. him <laughs> he's he. Annie's worked with him up until like six months ago when he moved up to before he moved up to Washington. What the hell? Yeah. How weird. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a uh, Animal Collective and the song Peace Bone because I don't know why Jeff likes it. 
Pets Animal Collective <laughs> and Peace Bone, man. That is a chaotic mess. Man, for the longest time, I used to um, I used to hate this song because the melody is really good, but yeah. it was just like murdered by that silly sound manipulation. <sighs> but now, Gross. now I just can't. Oh, dude, I can't get enough of it. I think it's so fucking cool, and I would love. I mean, they've done a lot of weird shit, and they're, that's what kind of like their shtick is, is is just to do like this weird experimental stuff. Yeah. But oh, I, lo- I think it's the best on this. And there's a video. I should have posted the video, too. But there's also a video accompanying the song. And the video is so fucking weird, too. It's like I, I alien, it, xenomorph, weirdness. It's just so fucking bizarre. <laughs> so weird. I, I just don't get it, man. I, I've i tried to get into Animal Collective over the years because they're so popular. And I just, I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. They have, like, actual songs that are that are melodic and there's instruments and there's it's not weird like this but i've never heard anything that wasn't like just off-putting and i like off-putting music but i just can't get into this man on this on the, sa- on the same album on uh strawberry jam there's a couple songs on here that are really cool <clears throat> that aren't weird like that like the song for revan green's really cool it's like a six and a half minute song that's that's a good one Oof. i think you like, right. i think you like the other one better than this one this one was just weird I, I've i've always there's always been something about it that I didn't like and then liked, but I've always just been intrigued by it. Man, you criticize me for liking music that's just noise and stuff, and then you and then you bring this crap in to the fold. Well, the noise that you do is just is it's like like the Mars Volta noise. Like the, all the <laughs> noise sounds the same. <laughs> that's least, where you're wrong. At least like listening to Animal Collective's like discography, you can you can tell that the noise from one album is fucking totally different than the noise that you just heard. You're wrong, man. But Omar just noodling on the, on the high part of his neck. I mean, that's I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that constitutes like innovative noise. Hey, man, it's upset. It's subjective. No, it's objective. Fact. Well, I mean, it's only objective when I say it. False. And there's also Omar's, a, a little. Omar's like, the best. There's also a breakdown part in that song too, where it's just like, like yelling, kind of like screaming, yelling mm-hmm. dinosaur noises or something. You know the part I'm talking about, where. I Vaguely, I don't know. How I'd have to go back. How many times listen to the song? Just once. Just once. <laughs> 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 it wasn't. It it was unpleasant, so I didn't want to go back to it. I said, oh, that's it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I wiped my hands clean of it. <laughs> Do you say prelude or prelude? Prelude. You don't say is prelude. It pre- is it prelude or is it? I've always said prelude. I don't know. Every time I I I see the the letters P R E together, I always I always think pre. True, but I don't know. I don't know why I say pray, prelude. You say everything wrong. What do y'all reprise? That's wrong. That's right. Prelude wrong. What do you you say reprise? Right. That's wrong. What do I say? I think I say reprise. (laughs) (laughs) Say it the worst possible way. Way. (laughs) Fuck! I can't even talk. Reprisey. Reprisey. Pinchy. Pinchy. Reprisey. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You could start with the prelude. Prelude? I'm going into Towards Dust? <sighs> I'm, I'm mentally preparing myself for want. this one, baby. Mentally preparing myself. I, do really, you, or really, do you want to start it with really something else? It doesn't matter what you start with because, I mean, the power of moonlight. Of moonlight. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 you know what's uh. super annoying? 
you dude is like fucking i find myself like when something happens to somebody like let's i'm just gonna make up a scenario that perfectly <laughs> okay so you paint, paint you the picture here let's say you're sitting down at like a quiet restaurant and somebody walks by and they drop like their keys in the floor right mm-hmm. and then you sitting down you go oh like that. <laughs> that's your new thing I, find, I, like, I don't know why i do it i hate myself for doing it, it makes me so <laughs> mad I, I don't know i feel so embarrassed and i feel so st- oh. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so mad i can't well. i don't know why i do it I, I i do it too i think everybody does it i hate it so much what then do why don't you, you what stop that, i don't know it's like a subconscious thing that i <laughs> I don't know I'm doing until after I do it, and by that time it's too late. But like, why do we do that? <laughs> I don't know. What purpose does that serve? I don't it know. It does nothing. It really it doesn't do anything at all. I think it's like a maybe it's like a nervous reaction we have to to things, like some like we see something that that sucks or something that that's bad, and it's just like a knee jerk reaction. Oh. That has to be it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> now uh. I'm gonna think about that every time I do it. Dude, it's so annoying. And then I hate, like, if somebody does it to me, and like, just shut the fuck up. Don't, just don't say anything. <laughs> oh. Or laugh. I'd, like, I, w- I would rather somebody laugh at my misfortune than go, ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. ooh. <laughs> 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 like this disgusting, guttural noise. Ooh, ooh. But now, now you're just going to laugh because you've had this stupid conversation with me. <sighs> I'm going to laugh every time I, I do it now. I'm not even going to get mad. I'm just going to laugh. But like it, it could be something so simple as like the grocery store clerk giving your money back, and then they, they drop like a quarter and go, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, I hate that we all do it too. That's the worst part of it. Oh, <laughs> so annoying. Oh, this is fantastic. Okay. Whew. Now we can get into our album of the week, and this week we are doing Tiger Army and their album Power of Moonlight.
Tiger Army formed in Berkeley, California in 1996 by Nick 13 on vocals and guitar, Joel Day on stand-up bass, and Adam Carson on the drums. They currently have six albums, four EPs, and have sold many, many records all around the world. The album we're doing today is their second album. It's called Power of Moonlight, and it was released on July 24th, 2001. It features Nick 13 on vocals and guitar, Jeff Kresge on stand-up bass, and London May on the drums. So now, Jeff, let's get right into this Tiger Army album. And I'm very nervous how you're going to react to this. Into this fucking stinker of an album. Woof. <coughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me just lay back and uh, Berkeley. take the beating. <laughs> uh, so I, what do you got? I think... I mean, I don't think. I know that the reason why I ever even heard Tiger Army was because of you. Was me. Throughout the, the years. The best person in the world. Um, that's that's debatable. Not debatable. But, um, oh. um, nope. so. Oh. <laughs> 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 what did you drop? What did you do? I didn't drop anything. I, just, I was trying to, like, I have a pen oh. in my hand, too. That <laughs> clicked weird. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh boy. Oh God, this is stupid. Now I just okay, might, now, now I might what? start overdoing it. That way, I'm more conscious of it, and I'll hate it, and then I'll stop for sure. <laughs> that could be a thing then. But yeah, oh, so man. I heard this. I heard this. I heard Tiger Army through you. And the last time that I really like listened to Tiger Army was when we first started the pod, mm. and we were super ambitious as most entrepreneurs are, and we thought that for our weekly pick, we would pick a band, and we would listen to their entire discography. And I think that didn't that, last long. I think that lasted one episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like one yeah, episode, we and we're like, wow, dude, this is way too much fucking music. And maybe that's why I had this like bad taste in my mouth because I had a week to listen to like like nine albums. It between, was five albums. But like between my band, your band, oh, yeah, and yeah, the album of the week, it was like nine right, yeah. albums. And I had no time to listen to just random shit that I wanted to listen to. And so coming back to it this week, because I did listen to all five or six of the albums. Wait. Yeah, there's six, six. albums. Yeah, because a new yeah. one came out this year. Yeah, last so week. Listening to all six of the albums this week, I don't I don't hate them. I, there's nothing. I don't know why I hated them for so long. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just hate things because I like things so much. Yeah, oh, for sure. And anything, and anything I like so much, you automatically dislike. But even. That's what it is. Even if you like something so much, like the Mars Volta, like I always shit talk the Mars Volta, but I think the but Mars Volta love are fantastic. Yeah. But still, there's a lot of things. I think the only thing that you like a lot that I truly think is just pretty shit is just corn. I think Wednesday 13 is another one that you don't really like. I don't think he's shit, though. I just think he's kind of boring. I think corn okay. is like actually shit. <laughs> 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 Maybe Deftones, too. You always sing a different tune when we do their albums. I never then, liked any of their albums. I mean, minus Serenity of Suffering, which you on that episode you flat out said you didn't like it. But when we did follow the, follow the leader, and when we did when we did Life is Peachy, you had a lot of positive things to say about them. More so, follow the leader than Peachy. But that's because so. I have to like force myself to find something to sing about. Otherwise, it's going to be me shitting on something the whole time. Yeah. But anyway, so you're not being truthful. But that's fine. Anyway. Back to Tiger Army. So yeah, listening to all their albums this week, I was I was pretty I was pretty surprised at how much I did like them and, and how cool they were. I did enjoy a lot of it. Um I can get my album rankings now or later, but 
some of the albums definitely sounded the same, like overall. Mm-hmm. If if I'm ranking just like album by album by album, and and you'll see it in my rankings later on. But um, my my biggest complaint was always has always been like the clacking of the stand up bass, because I just I think it's so distracting and I just I, it bothers me too much to enjoy the music. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as bad as I initially thought it was. Yeah, some albums the the clacking of the bass is more prevalent than other other albums for sure. I feel like their first record and their third record the clacking is really loud in the mix, but the rest of them are pretty pretty subdued. You can still hear it, but it's not distracting. But as long as like the music is kind of going along with the clacking, because my my rankings will will show why I chose it and things like that. Okay. I'm just gonna do it right now. Okay, should we? Okay, we can do the rankings. I'm, are you I'm gonna, gonna throw right the? Now. Are you gonna throw the two EPs in there? No, because I I was looking online too, and there's like four EPs, right? There's four, but the the Ghost Tigers Rise, that's just like an instrumental, and then the 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 temp, not, oh yeah Temptation in the early years, that's like all one, and then then there was the the Dark Paradise that they just did, and that has the Lana Del Rey cover, uh, an instrumental oh. or two instrumentals, I think. Okay, I didn't. I didn't throw the EPs in there because Spotify only had two of them, and there I saw there was four, and was, I was yeah. like, "No, nah, that's not gonna be fair." So I only did the 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 albums, but I did listen okay. to the early years and the other one. Yeah, kind of in order of what characters. Spotify said they were released in the year yeah. of. Well, um, er, early years was technically everything prior to the first album. I listened to that one first. You told me to. Yeah, yeah, you should listen to that one first. Well, I shouldn't do anything if I don't well, want to, but that's fine. But I just told you, and you did it. Uh, so, so I'll thank go. You. I'll go from the least favorite to the best, right? Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, yeah. So this now this doesn't mean like I think any of these albums are shit because I don't think any of the albums were actually shit or bad Oof, or anything like that. Look at you. It's just some of them were just definitely not as good. So my least favorite would be four music from regions beyond. Okay, that's I, the Jerry Finn one. I thought that one was so almost like a, a copy of the third one. Really? But I thought that one was more like more alt rock than anything else. Yeah, it just wasn't interesting. There was there was nothing about it. It was just it was very plain old people. Okay. Uh, the next one would be five or what is that dot dot dash? Is, what is, I don't what is remember. That? I think is, it, is it's more it's Morse code. It's Morse code, but I don't remember why the dots were there. I forgot. There was a reasoning, but I, I don't remember what it was. It's probably a letter, and if it's a letter, I, I would assume it's probably the letter V, maybe. No, or yeah. spell something. Well, V V is for V is for five. V is for vendetta. Yes. Uh, v is for vagina. I also thought that five was pretty similar to like three and four. It had kind of a better like Elvis, Sun record mm-hmm. sound to it, so it was cool. Whatever. Next one will be their first album, Tiger Army. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think my favorite song or second favorite song is Outlaw Heart. Ooh, that's a good one. I think that song was so fucking cool. But the bass, even in that album, had like minimal clacking to where it See, didn't... See, that's so weird you'd think that. Because the music itself, I mean, this is just comparatively to their album. So this is my yeah, fourth yeah. favorite and my third worst. But, <laughs> I mean, it's not like up there. No, I know, I know. They only have six albums, so right? So, but but I think the music itself went so well that the clacking wasn't. It wasn't so prevalent that it, it irritated me. I definitely, you can definitely hear it, and it's there, mm-hmm. but because the music kind of, I don't know, can downplay it. I think it, I think it, it worked out pretty well. Uh, okay. The next one is Retrofuge. 
Retro Future? Retro Fuge. Okay. <laughs> 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 I um I, I just thought it was different. I thought it was weird. It was kind of cool. It was it was a it was a fun listen. Mm-hmm. And especially because I've been listening to Power of, of Moonlight for so many moons times, I guess, this mm-hmm. week. So I was like, okay, this is definitely cool. Even though I should or should talked it a lot this past oh yeah podcast. Yeah. And then number one and number two kind of like went back and forth a lot. And I listened to three twice this week, and then I listened to two like a lot, like maybe like six or seven times. It's only thirty Jesus minutes, so it wasn't Christ. that much. I can't believe you listened to it that much. Well, I did a lot of yard work this week too, so it was just like I put it on loop, and it just kept playing and playing and playing and playing. Okay. Interesting. It's it, what I th- I find most interesting with yours, like you said, you hate the clacking and you hate a lot of reverb, and their first album has so much clacking and so much reverb, and then their third album is like all clacking. Not to say it's bad because I like the clack, but the third album has it a lot. So my final ranking is going to be number two is Power of Moonlight, and then we'll number get into one. it. So I'm not going to even go into it but that was my number yeah. two the number one is is ghost tigers rise three huh that's so interesting to me and it i was, would have never thought it was so weird because yeah there is there is a lot of clacking but the music is so accessible it, it, it takes like every, all the good stuff from one and two and makes like a it's really the, cool like punk more of a punk rock mm-hmm. thing and it's not so psychobilly wait, wait. wait you did you i feel like that was their slowest album they put out I felt three was the most rockabilly, slow, take all the punk out of it, and you get three. That's what I thought. That's what I've always thought about three. No, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I wrote it down, so that's that's got to be it. <laughs> so it's, it's right true, here. Yeah. It's right here. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, okay. So my thing was like when because when we decided to do Tiger Army, I was given the the I was the decision maker as to which Tiger Army tiger army album we were going to do and i could not i it took me a while to figure out whether we should do two or we should do five and because i really thought you dig five a lot but then i'm like jeff tends to like punk rock more than just like kind of country style so i went with two and it's interesting that I, i'm shocked that five is that low on your on your rankings i thought it'd be like number one so i like honestly given, thought it'd be number one given all of these albums together they they're all pretty similar in in kind of their like their style and their sound, and so because that five was later, I played it the fifth record. So because it was so later on, I had already heard a lot of the stuff, like in three and four that five was trying to do, but it had more of, of that kind of like that country, that old yeah. school like Sun Records, like I said, sound to it. And so I was like, okay, well I've already heard this kind of this is just extrapolating from that sound and and taking it further. Yeah. Okay. That's but fair like, enough. But with three, I felt that it was it was it was kind of similar to everything they've already done one and two. But it was just it was just more melodic. Okay. I mean, I I agree that I agree there are parts that are definitely more melodic in that record. And number two okay, was definitely that's similar that's to the cool. first album, but it was definitely refined. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go through my rankings really quick, just because I can. See how wrong these uh, are. Six is going to be Retro Future. That's at the bottom, but that's only because I've only, I haven't had much time with it, and I love all the records, all the other records so much. Uh, number five would be uh, the oh my god, what's the name of the fucking the fourth record? Music from Regions Beyond. Music from Regions Beyond is number five. 
four, number four, rank number four is um, Ghost Tigers Rise, and then the first record, Tiger Army, and then the five record is number two, and then my favorite record is this, Power of Moonlight, is my favorite. Okay. Yeah. So two and five are the, my favorite records, for sure. Very different records. Yeah, definitely. Both fucking great so let's just get into power of moonlight since we got our rankings through and i'm proud of you for listening to so much tiger Army oh, this week. fuck out of here don't ever be proud oh, of me fuck out of here did you listen to uh the singer's country album no no okay just wanted to see if you had nope so initial thoughts should we do initial thoughts should we go song by song it's whatever i mean i kind of gave my initial thoughts already so you can do okay. do what you gotta do initial thoughts for me this album uh this was the first tiger army album i heard I got into this band through my cousin. My, at the time, my cousin was very, uh, he was a greaser and he was l- really into rockabilly music and punk rock. And then this obviously fuses those two genres like perfectly. Uh, so he showed me the second record. I fell in love with that. And then I went and bought the first record. And because uh, at the time, that's all there was. And I just, I listened to these those two albums over and over and over and over again. And uh, the rest is history. I've just followed the band throughout the years and, one of the guys in the, that has played in the band for several years is like my favorite bass player. He is my favorite bass player. One of my favorite musicians. So Jeff Kresge, shout out to him. Cool guy. Mm, listen, shout out. He's listened to the pod before, actually, he told me. But uh, yeah, no, great. I think they're a fantastic band. I think they're one of the most unique bands out there. I think Nick 13's voice is very unique and not a lot of people sound like him. And I like his songwriting. I like the aesthetic of the band. Uh, just I just think... They're they're so different, and I to me I think they're the best band of this genre. Like when you put them up against like Necromantics, I feel like Tiger Army blows them out of the water. I agree. That's just how it is. I I think the best band of this genre. I mean I, I don't I haven't listened too much of this genre other than like Necromantics and a couple other bands. Yeah. So I did I definitely think they're the best, but I think this this specific like subgenre is so very niche it's very yeah small so like being like the best of this is still even i mean i guess i don't know yeah well let's go with because uh, so, okay are there any stinkers for you on this record no there's no stinkers okay there so let's go with one because there's no stinkers for me either oh there's one song that was like really close to being a stinker for me but now i can't even <laughs> there's one song that i've always kind of been at, like I kind of I tend to skip it sometimes, and that's "Fuck the World." Just that I feel like the lyrics are really cheesy, and the song is fast, but I don't know. There are only so many times you can say "fuck." That was the last. Okay. I thought that wasn't the last song, was it? No, it's not the last song. No. Okay. it's the second to last song. But uh, so let's go with some of your bangers. What do you got? Um. So I think. R- r- fuck! I can't even say it. What? Remembered forever and uh, uh-huh. in the orchard are probably my two favorite songs, but they're also very close to the the prelude and then towards destiny. Prelude or prelude? Prelude. Prelude. Oh, yeah. okay. I I do like how Reprise. prelude and and towards destiny they they just go right into one another. I think it's it's such a cool transition. It just starts off the album really cool with that drum beat, that drum roll, mm-hmm. and I think it's so great. And it, it reminded is. me of, of like the AFI stuff that we did a couple episodes back on um, yeah. Black Sails, right? 
Yeah, we did Black Sails. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of like that genre. It well, I mean, cool. yeah, the, the the two came out within a couple of years of one another, and both of those bands are intertwined with one another. I mean, band members have come and gone in Tiger Army that were in AFI. Like, obviously, Adam Carson, the drummer who's always been in AFI, was in Tiger Army for a bit, played on the first record, and then Jeff Kresge, too. I mean, and then Davey Havoc has sang so many, so, so much of the vocals on throughout the Tiger Army records. It's crazy. Might as well be a part of the band. Might as well be. But that's why I like those two songs. Okay. And then uh, Remembered Forever. I thought it was a cool little punk song, like tour, especially coming off um, Fuck the World, which I agree. Mm-hmm. Fuck the World. It's a cool song. I just, it, it just didn't belong on this record at all. It shouldn't have been there. Yeah, it's, it and doesn't you know, fit. It, Fuck the World was also like a song prior to their first record. Yeah, it so was on the early years. It was on the early years EP, so it kind of. Recycled. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird that they would put it on their second, not their first. That is strange. Yeah, it's super weird. Um, should we play one of the songs that you love so much? Um, yeah, we can play "Remember Forever." I, I like another reason why I liked it is because the guitar kind of just plays a simple kind of chord structure with a kind of a, I guess, like a nuanced strumming. Mm-hmm. But because okay. because Kredgy's so good, oh god, I feel like I have the burp again. But because he's so good, he makes it. So the guitar sounds like he's doing more than he is. Yeah. I mean, Kresge has so such cool. a he has such a unique way of playing and filling in the songs. It's oh man, he's so fucking good. So here's uh Remembered Forever by uh Tiger Army. Remembered forever. Forever. There's a really cool uh, like staccato burst towards the end of that song. That's really cool, too. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's so fucking good. It's a great closer, too, for this album. Solid, solid closer. But yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a banger. Yes, it is. So, yeah, you said you, said you had no stinkers on this one. Um, I do want to play In the Orchard. But let's go with one of my songs first. Because In the Orchard is such like a, a departure from the rest of the album, which is cool too. Uh, my favorite songs, definitely The Power of Moonlight. The title track, I think, is it's so catchy and it's, I love the lyrics on it too. The lyrics are great. Uh, 
Annabelle Lee and uh, Under Saturn Shadow. Those are my three, my top three on this record. Okay, it's good stuff. So I want to play uh, Power of Moonlight right now because I can. title track oh man that is a fine fine song right jeff yeah that's, that's that's also a banger you've been singing that ever before we even started recording the pod that is the catchiest part on this album possibly on all of tiger army yeah I, i'd agree with you on that that's i don't know what it is about that melody but it really sticks i know what it is and i i've kind of like thought about this too like why the fuck like why do i because i've been singing all week okay and i think like our normal like music ears we want to hear power of the moonlight that one last syllable in there but because they draw up the power part of moonlight and they go down real quick yeah it's kind of weird it's it's kind of like like you want just one more syllable like power of the moonlight to go in there yeah oh but I because see it's not in there it's it, a little it's, off it's yeah it's just something there's like something wrong about it but you just you like it and you love it because and that's that. the only and like in the chorus too that's the only part that kind of draws out a word because it's the power of moonlight shines down on me seeps into my soul so it's like he like he, he sings everything else very quickly just the power part is the only part that he extends so maybe that's it too i, I don't know especially like in punk music where they don't do things like this too often it's always like syllable after syllable after syllable to fit every every possible syllable you can into a chorus that way it yeah. kind of flows and it just kind of rolls along but that but that power part, because it's so drawn out, and they get rid of the, the if it was ever even a thing, power of the moonlight versus power mm-hmm. of moonlight. I think it's just it's just something weird that you like to sing along because it's kind of weird, but damn, if, if they worked so well. Like it, they That's killed a really it with good call. That's a really, really good call. Yeah, I've been telling you, like, all week I've been singing, like, power of moonlight. <laughs> I just didn't understand, like, why is this so fucking catchy? I don't understand. That, that could be it. That really could be it. That's good. I also I love the slide guitar on this on that song too. It's there's only there's only a little bit of it, but that little bit adds so much character to the rest of the song too. Besides the the, the catchy chorus, but I love the slide on it. And you know, 
I don't know if you read this, but the guy who played slide guitar in this song was uh, Lars Fredrickson from Rancid. It's kind of oh, cool. That's kind of cool. This guy. This fucking guy. I was going to say it too because that like solo lead part, it's it's really cool. And then it kind of, um, it's like a preamble to the later leads that are going to come on in the song. And it just, it just goes more and more and more and more and like more layers upon layers in this song. And so many things are going on. I, I think this song is absolutely perfect. Yeah. And this song too, what I love is you. it starts out with that that really kind of simple guitar riff and then Kresge comes in with the stand-up bass that doom 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 and then everything just bursts in and it's just like this explosion and just but just that bass lead up is just it's even his bass line that bass line is pretty simple but just where he placed it in the song just adds so much to the beginning and just kicks off the song I think it's I love this song it's good it's a damn good song yeah Man, I, and they're on like they all like all the guys in this band kind of do something cool with their instrument, you know. Like they have like cool little fills. Like the drummer London has some cool little fills. Kresge obviously he just he's a fucking monster on the bass. And then Nick Thirteen, not just like with his guitar, like he he he'll play like just a simple power chord, and then he'll just play like some of these high notes, just like to kind of like it's almost like the way he like resolves a melody. But he just plays like this these weird things. I, I can't even explain it. I, I can't explain it. He he he's a unique guitar player for sure. I I think you're you're pretty you're pretty much right. I I think um I think Nick Thirteen on a first couple listens is like, wow, dude, like your guitar playing is for sure like the weakest part of this album. And that's <laughs> that's how I went in going on to like my third and fourth listen. And then like going further into it and just realizing that the guitar is is a is basically a um a support of his voice and kind of yeah. the theme that he's trying to portray with his voice. But like you said, some of the weird guitar things that he does that carry the song, I'm trying to fucking find which one it was. Cause there was one part where uh, there was one song where it was just kind of him playing this hive note the whole time. He, he does, he Some does bitch. this, he does this like cool thing of playing like these power chords, these fast power chords and then ending the bar with like, with just like these these high chord no, these high chords. Oh, that's what it is. Under Saturn Shadow, he he plays this kind of like. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. It's just like a like a lead part almost, and there's not an overlaid rhythm guitar to it. It's just kind of like this weird high guitar part, and then you can clearly hear the drums and bass, and you're kind of like, wow, this is weird. And then his voice comes in, like, oh shit, like his voice is the instrument, and like the lead guitar is, or the rhythm guitar is now just like the lead guitar to his voice. Yeah, it, he he definitely. He definitely meshes those two very well, and I mean, I guess it is because he does both. He sings and plays, but the way he, the way he writes his music, they complement each other so well. well I don't I, know I if he can great. like play guitar like super well or anything. Like, I, I don't, well, don't know. Have, I mean, you don't have to be a technically good guitar player to write a good song. I think we all know that. Well, that's true, but like I said, I don't know if 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 these if these solid rhythm sections are coming because he just doesn't know how to play guitar or if he knows how to play guitar so well or he's so like in tune with his voice and his, like, cause he writes all the music to this, right? Like everything yeah, is he, written by he him. He writes it all. Yeah. And so I don't know if, if, if he's just like, okay, I'm going to keep my part super simple because I've got Kresge on here to kill it on bass and I don't need to do anything crazy cause my voice is going to, you know, be my instrumentation. Yeah. Yeah. The guitar is there just to, to accentuate his voice and to, 
that nuance to what he's singing, I feel. It's secondary for sure. Because it's definitely but. very, um, like like you said earlier, it's definitely a, a niche kind of subgenre yeah. of music. And I think to, to be such like a punk rocker and to be constantly singing about things that perceive you as being vulnerable all the time, I think that's, that's pretty punk rock though. Yeah, absolutely. I, f- I feel lyrically too on this record, he uh, he talks about a lot of things that punk and rockabilly music don't normally talk about, like or the way not. It's not that what they don't talk about. It's it's how it, he portrays it. Like his, I love his lyrics. I think his lyrics are very like kind of romantic and like beautiful sound. Like the, the words he uses are very very dark and romantic style, you know. And a lot of bands in both of those genres don't do that. But that's why I liked um, in the Orchard so much because kind of just like the writing style of it after every i guess stanza he would yeah. end it with in the orchard i thought that was really cool yeah it's great should we should we play under saturn shadow and then uh in the orchard yeah do it. okay all right so yeah here's under saturn shadow the, here we can kind of hear his guitar playing his kind of unique guitar playing so it is. Under Saturn Shadow. So the with this song too, what I love, I love Davy's Davy Havoc's vocals on this the, in that chorus because it's like it kind of brings down the whole song a little bit before it just like goes right back into like that that fast kind of like punchy punk rock of the verses. I think it's so good just and just snap. everything about this. Oh, I was hitting my fist, oh. but uh, but yeah, no, I think it's and I think it, the the song is so even though it, as fast and like punk rock it, as it is. It's uh, it's so melodic. Just the the pre-chorus that leads into Davy's chorus. It's uh, it, it's so fantastic. I I think it's it's like a perfect song. As as much like praise as I give this song, and 
my first couple listens, this was the only song that I could really pinpoint Davey's vocals. And I was like, okay, I get it. That, there he is. I, I got it. He's on uh, Power of Moonlight, too. He has, like, kind of lead vocals on Power of Moonlight, too. I thought he was on multiple songs, but yeah, no, there are until multiple. Later, songs. when I looked at it, then I could kind of hear it, I guess, because I knew when it was coming. But before I, I looked at exactly what song he was on. This was the only one that I heard it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that is, that's that's our boy. That's him. That's our boy. Oh, but this song's totally okay. Him. This song is okay for me. Okay, you know what I, I like about this song, and really the rest of the record. I also like the, his uh, guitar tone. I, the the fuzz on it, I think it's like the perfect amount of fuzz on a guitar, because it's it sounds pretty. It's it's just thick sounding, but it's very also like round and it fills up the the right amount of space. I don't know. It, I I love the tone of this record. I love the way this album was produced and mixed. I thought it was done really well. That that is one thing about kind of the overall on this album is I, I really I also do like his sound. And he doesn't use that tremolo bar too much to where it's irritating. And there's definitely reverb, but it's not over the entire song. It's sometimes in certain spots. I appreciate that because I really just can't stand reverb. Yeah, you're not a huge fan of that. But their first record's like, well, his voice is so reverbed, it's insane. But, uh, oh, quick little thing too. This record was produced by Nick 13. And it was mixed by Nick Thirteen and Andy Ernst, I think that's his name. And if I'm not mistaken, Andy Ernst also produced and mixed uh, Black Sails in the Sunset. By oh. I'm pretty sure. I, I might have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure he did. What do you got there? Oh, HL, Heineken Light. Oh, gross. No, oh, gross. Mm, uh, I only like gross. Budweiser's, but actually I like mm, MGD. I, mm. I love my buddies. All right, um, let's get into probably the the most different sounding song on this record, the most unique sounding song on this record, and really I think of their career really, uh, and that's in the orchard. We already talked about it a bit, but uh, this is very country sounding, and normally with a song like this, you would it would kind of take away from the rest of the record, and it might be the lowest point, but for some reason it just fits in there really well. Like it it's does. a nice, it's a, like a nice break, you know. It's, and it kind of makes you, for me at least, when I listen to it, I'm like, man, I want more of this. Like, I want more songs like this. Even though I love everything else on the record, I just want more of something in that vein, you know? Yeah, I can see so. that. I mean, I think this album's. I mean, this 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 song is definitely like a banger. Yeah, I guess it's it, probably it one of my favorite ones. But um, I don't know. I, I appreciate all the other ones on here, too. Okay, well, here's uh, In the Orchard. Summer will be over in the orchard. 
Beautiful voice. Beautiful crooning ballad. It is. Damn, man, that's a good song. I want more. I want more of this style of music. There's like nobody that sounds like it, though. Like, I, I've i gone out and tried to find music that's similar to that style, and everything is too, like, is too country, you know? Too twangy, too much. Like, the closest I could get was, like, Buck Owens or stuff like that, you know? Okay. But I've... I don't know. There's just something about that song, and his voice sounds so good on it. Great stuff. I agree. I think the song is is perfect. Yeah, I actually really put cool this song. Tone too. I put this song on my punk rock playlist, and I also put it on my country playlist. Yeah, that's that's a ballsy move. Double your, it up, baby. How are those playlists going, by the way? It's a it's a slow process. I kind of died down on it a little bit, but I mean, I think my biggest one is probably either the punk or the pop punk or the hip hop one. Which both are probably like four to six hours long. Okay. Maybe more. Yeah. I mean, there are no. Are you even? Pop are you even going to it? Are you even gonna? Are you gonna try to make a pop playlist, or are you just gonna use mine? I'm just gonna use yours. No, there's, there's no point. Mine, mine is good. I always talk about how good it is because it is good. It's good. I mean, damn. There's a lot of songs on there. There's so many. Like all of them. <laughs> it has all of the songs on there. <laughs> Everything you could want is on there. <laughs> That's true. But uh, yeah, so let let back to this Tiger Army record. Uh, did you? Because uh, the song Annabelle Lee, which is one of my favorites as well, uh, lyrically that one is is very much inspired by the Edgar Allan Edgar Allan Poe poem 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 Edgar Allan Poe poem 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 poem. Annabelle Lee. So, uh, yeah, the, the lyrics are, are very much inspired by that po- poem. And I think it's 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 a fantastic song. I didn't read the read the actual poem. Did you read it or no? I read... Or did um, you even know that it was related? No, I had no idea. I, dude, I don't fucking know Edgar Allan. I know The Raven. Well, but yeah, that's it. knows that. I didn't, know, I didn't know Annabelle Lee was an Edgar Allan Poe poem. But I read that uh, this was poem? supposed to be like a poem? spiritual... Um, what do you call it? Successor or like a like a a sequel, right? What the f- yeah sequel, no, yeah successor, yeah successor would so also I don't be know, whatever uh, to that poem. Right. But the poem, poem, I guess, is poem. about just like a guy who misses his wife and sees her all the time in his dreams and like in basically he's going crazy because he misses her so much and mm-hmm. like that's kind of what this it, it further extrapolates from that that concept and yeah, it's kind of cool. It starts off with a really but cool bass part. Oh yeah, I think I love that bass part. It's so killer. I think the the chorus too is 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 kind of weird compared to all the other choruses and um on the record, and that it's kind of sung in lower and it kind of scales downward. But other than that, I think yeah, the song's yeah, that's is okay. true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Lyrically too, the entire theme of this record is very dark. Like I said, it's very dark, but it's also 
very much about death, either, you know, his death or a person close to him and their death. And you know, just him trying to deal with it and trying to move on. It's, it's kind of a sad record when you really look into it. Pretty emo, some might say. I think, I think like the, the word I, I could describe it as it was just like vulnerable because yeah, it wasn't, he wasn't like always crying about death and like whining about it and worrying about his own death. It was just more him sort of trying to come to, to terms with death and being at peace with it. And in that song in the orchard where it's just, I think it's about him just walking through an orchard and realizing that, you know, in the winter come all these things are going to die and in the fall, the leaves are going to fall and everything. The time just passes. And at some point my time will pass. But for right now, walking to this orchard, this is amazing. I think that whole record kind of just gives that, that vulnerable feeling to it, which you don't hear in punk rock. It's always no. like tough guys or people crying about something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it definitely doesn't take things on a spiritual level like this record does. Or even like the, the song, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, but Incorporeal? Incorp- incorporeal? That's all I, I said, too. Incorporeal? Yeah, yeah, that song, Like if you actually look up the definition of it, it's uh, not composed of matter, having no material existence, or having no physical existence. That's what that word means, and Ooh, just the, the title of it. The title of it is just so, just fits so well with with everything on this record and that song too. And then, did you watch? Did you watch the video for this song? Uh, uh-uh. you didn't. So the it. video, well, it's in our notes, but it, so I did. Um, but the video is is kind of of Nick Thirteen dressed in like, or with like ghost makeup on, and him just like standing next to like the love of his life. And she doesn't notice him because he's like a ghoster, and like I don't know. It's I the video is kind of like cheesy because of when it was made and probably very low budget. But I still feel like the message is conveyed very well in the song. And plus, they all look really cool, like wearing like ghost makeup, and they're all playing together. That part's cool too. But anyway, okay. that I thought it was a cool like, video. Like just kind of like roaming the earth after you're dead. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is, and that's kind of what the video portrays too is him kind of following his girlfriend while she's doing like mundane tasks like painting her nails or reading a book but he's just there he's just like roaming around and just kind of it's kind of it's very desolate and dark but yeah because that's a very i mean that's that's a pretty harsh kind of concept right is to be completely alone as as bright eyes would say is he's he's a he's completely alone in a room full of friends like to be around so many people that you know and you care about, but to be so alone—that's that's that's pretty harsh. Yeah, that's a tough feeling. It's but, crazy. But I did think that song was just kind of okay too. Incorporal. Yeah, the song itself is one to me is one of the weaker songs on the record. Still great, just in comparison to everything else. But uh, the video, yeah, the videos—I I like the video. But you could definitely tell it's dated with the way it was shot and everything. <laughs> but the um. Was there was the other video too? I'm trying to think. Was it Cupid's Victim? Yeah, yeah. I just saw it now uh, that you posted it. Oops. Yeah. So that video too. I mean, that song is a good song. It's more like that was like probably the most straightforward punk rock song. Was Cupid's Victim? Dude, that was a banger. That was that was totally like 50s sounding. Like that's yeah. That's what I imagined all of Tiger Army would sound like going <laughs> into this listening session. And this is really Cupid's Victim to me is the only song that takes like a positive outlook on things like it's the only song where he's like in love and he talks about being in love and being struck by cupid's arrow you know it's just he flat out says it you know 
but then everything around everything around it before and after that song is just wildly kind of depressing and dark yeah i agree i think cupid's vic- victim or what's it called yeah yeah cupid's victim yeah. he um the the high lead part that he does in that song kind of gives it like a happy tone mm-hmm. and turns it into like this love song that you definitely do want to listen to but the song before that is the one that i thought was almost i almost labeled it as stinker the great on breaking oh really why yeah. is that i just like nothing happens nothing goes <laughs> nothing happens in the song it's just it's just like straightforward boring okay interesting and the vocals reminded me a lot the way he was singing reminded me a lot of Elliot Smith too, like the way Elliot Smith used to sing. Yeah, and you're definitely not a, a Elliot Smith fan. No, you're definitely not an Elliot Smith <laughs> fan. <laughs> but yeah, that was the only song that I almost labeled a stinker, but it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Okay, okay, and you know what? We didn't really touch upon this. We touched upon Jeff Kresge and his bass playing, his amazing bass playing on this record. But his his background vocals are really good too. I think he actually has a has a credit as a vocalist on this record, and like a song called like like in Incorporeal, he has a lot not lead parts, but they're like they're background, but they're also just him singing by himself, you know, or like essentially like screaming or yelling okay. at him uh, by himself. But like another good ex- another good example of him doing that is uh, when the night comes down. He has this really cool like scream that I don't know it, it's very unique to the song and it, it gives this that whole song a cool dynamic uh vocally. So I'm I want I'm going to play a little bit of uh, when the night comes down or when night comes down sorry hmm. by Ted Army. You know this this song too was another example of uh, Nick Thirteen's guitar playing, where he plays like just like a power chord with a bunch of fuzz on it, and then he'll play like a like a few high notes, but completely clean. Like it's just this weird dynamic. He's really good at doing that back and forth. It adds a really cool nuance to the, to the, his songs, to the songs. So I thought this song had a lot of really cool parts to it, and it was kind of unique in the sense that um, in the orchard was unique. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay of a song overall, but uh, like some of the parts I thought were really cool. What were the screams? Kind of give this like weird, scary feel to this song. Yeah, and like his voice always just sounded so desperate. It does, and then mix that with the lyrics too. The lyrics are are very much about. They're very like vamp. I feel like I could be wrong, but this song reminds me of like a vampire and 
like kind of I don't know. It has that spooky tone. It has. It's probably one of the spookier yeah, songs on the record for sure. Creepy, spooky, weird. Yeah. And then th- another couple parts too is is like during the bridge, everybody's kind of doing like almost like their own thing, and it sounds so sloppy when it first mm-hmm. starts out. But the more they, they as the seconds go by and by and by, it sort of like finds its way and comes together. But that also kind of goes along with like the desperate and kind of like the theme of the song and of the album. Where everyone's just kind of trying to find their place, I guess. Yeah. And this was the only time where I was like, wow, dude, that almost sounds like sloppy. But then <laughs> ten seconds later, I was like, oh shit, that came together hard. Yeah, it that really nice. does. And I like I like Krisky's playing in this song too. Like the what leads up into the chorus, he kinda like goes goes down the neck of the, the stand up bass and is like do 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 or is it up or down whatever whatever direction. But just the way that kind of like scale he does, I think it's just it's such a perfect way to transition into the into the chorus. And it's so effective. And goddamn, he's such an underrated fucking bass player. It's insane that nobody talks about his bass playing more. He's so good. Well, he doesn't I mean, he hasn't done a whole lot, though, right? I mean, he did the first two AFI records and on on electric bass. And then he did these two Tiger Army albums or he did two Tiger Army albums with the stand-up bass and then he did he played guitar with uh the horror pops for a while and then he played bass for his own band viva hate and then now he plays uh electric bass with uh fear the band fear the classic punk band fear so that's pretty cool yeah so like so he played on afi before they got world famous k-rock world famous (laughs) and he played on tiger army he was in the band twice yeah he, read. yeah, he joined the band um, shortly after their first album was released. He didn't play on the first record, but he joined shortly after. And then he left right after they were touring the third record. And that was the first time I met him because they did a signing for the third record. And I met him then. And then he came back in 2008. So like a few years later, he came back, was in the band for until 2014 and then he left again because he said that the band wasn't like they, they, doing they weren't they weren't do, they were just playing shows they weren't recording new or writing new music and then he left the band and then like a month later nick 13 said oh yeah we're writing a new, ti- new tiger army right now it's like wait what krisky just said you weren't and now you are and why yeah, that's anyway, something yeah. That I, I was i was gonna ask you too because from like this because you posted on facebook and yeah. i was reading Did you some, read it yeah yeah. And it seemed like he rejoined the band with, under the assumption that they were going to record new music and start doing new things because that's what that's what Jeff wanted to do. But yeah. then Nick 13 started doing like a solo thing and then they were just playing shows and he was getting kind of tired and he's saying, "Well, if I want to be like a full-time musician, I need to leave and do my own thing because you guys aren't doing anything." And like yeah. you said after he left, they said, "Hey, we're going to start doing new things." Like what the is whole, that? Is that is that like the a, whole timeline was weird? Is I it, don't understand it. Like, did they just did they fuck him over? I don't know. I honestly, I honestly don't know. That like straight sounds like they fucked him over. I th- I think they might have because I, I you know just following his career throughout the years. Like I remember when he left and being bummed that he left, and then he. Uh, I remember. It, I think it was when Misfits got back together for the very first show. And I think Tiger Army were gonna play that play Riot Fest as well, and I don't think he went to that Riot Fest because he didn't want to run the chance of running into the band. 
but he didn't he didn't like name names he's like yeah i misfits are my favorite band but i'd rather not go for other people who are going to be there he's just something along those lines oh so i i think he i think it was like it ended very badly and i i, I don't know i don't know the details i mean it's nobody's real really business but yeah it it, it does really suck because he contributed so much to this band and i don't know it's it's the same thing with afi he he did so much for each of these bands but he's not credited i feel the way he should be like he he was the foundation of afi him and davy wrote the first two records and just really kind of got that that hardcore fan base set set in stone there and then with tiger army he plays on arguably their two most successful records i mean it just kind of shows you something about his songwriting style and just his his energy and his playing is just it's great it's fantastic i I just i think you you're never gonna get huge credit if you leave a band and that band continues to do things without you even if they're not that great but they i mean afi has done arguably better things than when he was in the band and tiger army has done good things when he wasn't in the band and so it's going to be difficult for any musician to leave a band and that band continue on without him and -hmm. then for that musician who's constantly leaving 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 bands to ever get any kind of notoriety or credit other than oh he's like the original guy or he was one of the older guys from this band or this band like like one that i can think of is mike mcholgan from the dropkick murphys after he left like the band went on to do much better things than when he was in the band but he was an amazing singer and a front man but street dogs is is the best he's gonna get yeah and i feel like that's kind of like where crazy's at even though he's fantastic and he's a very talented musician because he, he comes with that baggage of leaving this band and leaving this band i don't know i, I just i can't I can't see it unless something like crazy happens. Maybe he just doesn't want to. I also, like, I don't know. Yeah, that could be that. Maybe he just didn't want to play with the band anymore. I, I don't know. Like I said, I you can only see so much on social media about what certain members of bands say. So it's like, then you kind of have to puzzle it. But, you know, piece the, the puzzle together. together. Piece the puzzle together. There you go. Yeah. You got it. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just... Cause it it's does suck shame. that he's so fantastic and he's so yeah. good. Like, why is it he not up there with like the likes of like Flea, who everyone thinks is like the greatest bass player of all time, just I mean, because he is he's great, so popular. But yeah, but also it's like, but I, I, I really, I think it is really cool that he does play bass with Fear now because from what I've read, he and from what he said, Fear is like one of his favorite bands of all time. So to play bass with that band. I mean, I, that's pretty. That's a cool gig right there, and I hope that I don't think Fear really put out a lot of music, or they haven't put out music for a very long time. I think, um, but that would be cool if uh, if they did, and Kresge got Kresge got to play bass for them on the record. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool. It seems but almost like rather than playing for any kind of fame or notoriety, it's almost like he's picking and choosing his projects to where he truly wants to just play music. And express his actual capabilities as a musician. I think so too, and I, 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 that's you know, it's really respectable. You know, he doesn't just do it for the for the cash or for the whatever. You know, he he does it for the love of the artistic part of it. You know, I don't know. I I think it's I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, do what you want. You know. Yeah. Do you do also, you? Also, you know, also with Tiger Army, 
kind of from what I see from the outside and following them for so long, the way band members come and go in that band or have come and gone in that band, it has been kind of weird and kind of just like, well, what happened to this guy? Why does he's been in the band for the last five or six years? Why is he just gone now? Like James Meza was their drummer for like, I think almost seven years. And then right before they put out their fifth record, they're like, Oh no, James isn't on this record. Uh, he's not going to be touring with us. And that was it. We have a new drummer who played on the third record. Who's now a, a full-time member. And it's like, well, why did that, where did that come from? You know? And like, there's never any explanation. Like nobody ever talks about why they're not in the band anymore. It's, it's kind of a weird situation. So I don't, I don't know what goes on with that. I think that could also stem from when you're in a band where you kind of aren't writing any of the music and it's known that there's going to be one guy who writes all the music and you're just almost like a, like a fill in. I think, I think you probably feel like, like, Hey, this is just a temporary gig. I'm not really doing anything except just kind of honing my skills and maybe adding input here and there, but this is just a gig until I, I move on to something else. And because Nick 13 is running all the music, that's, that's probably what they feel like. And in all honesty, they're probably not like, like contractually, they're probably not an actual member of the band. They're probably just session musicians and touring musicians. They're probably paid as that, not as like an actual member of the band. That's probably what it is. I mean, that's why they've come and gone. So the corporation of Tiger Army is, is only under Nick 13. Yeah. And everybody else is a hired gun. Yeah. I don't know. His, I forgot his full name, his real name, but I don't understand. But yeah, I, so, I think everybody else is a hired gun. So if he is the only songwriter here, like, why does he do solo stuff? Because it doesn't fit the the sound or aesthetic of Tiger Army. But he's like, all, if you listen, if you of, listen to his solo record, it's very different. But a lot of his interviews, he's always saying that how much he likes to push Tiger Army and how much he likes to do something different. Well, he doesn't yeah, like but, to push Tiger Army. There's a point, and at that point, he's okay. We pushed it far enough. Let's get back to our basics. And that's yeah, but why see, he's with, doing the solo stuff. Well, Tiger Army is is very much more high energy, and it's it's just a t- it's a very different vibe. Like if I go to a Tiger Army show, as much as I like his solo material, which I think is fantastic, like if he were to th- if he was throwing in like three or four songs into a Tiger Army set, I feel like it would ruin not ruin, but it would kind of like it would the the whole set would be kind of disjointed. Like the whole it, it's just they're two different styles. They're similar, but they're they're. They're different enough to where it wouldn't make sense in like in a on a set list. I don't know. So See, I, I, don't, I can I, I can understand that. I don't think so because like we both really like In the Orchard, and that's yeah. so different and so weird from this entire album, and it it takes in like this weird direction, but you love it. It's so great. But I think it's also you know it could just be the, like the the labeling of is it the labeling of the band or the. I'll tell you what, what it is. I know exactly. What it? It's stupid. That's what it is. It's fucking <laughs> dumb. <laughs> for 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 somebody who says, "Oh, I like pushing the limits of Tiger Army." Well, then why don't why do you do solo shit? Why not just do it in Tiger Army? Yeah. Okay. But whatever, dude. To, to each his own. I just I think it's silly. Yeah, it's a little strange. But it, al- it almost makes I, me I think that he's difficult to work with. That could be it too. I I don't I have no idea. And and like the constant rotation of members. Is another indic- that, that's always like the n- number one red flag for anybody joining a band. It's like, okay, well, I'm the fourth drummer for a band that's only had five albums. Like those are all these are all yeah. like red flags that come together that point to the lead member, the lead singer being difficult to work with. 
it's very very possible but then also on their records like Davey Havoc's been featured on almost all the records uh Kresge even on on records that he didn't play bass on he's he has like background vocal credits so I mean it seems like they were like during the first departure I because th- I think he did some background vocals on from re- from music from regions beyond so I mean they were ob- obviously still friends because otherwise why would it be on the record so I don't know I I don't I don't understand it I don't know what actually happens behind the scenes I do and it's stupid you do yeah. it's hey it might be so I'm like on a on a different side note I I briefly looked up the differences and what they are for rockabilly and psychobilly. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're well versed in these, but here's here's kind of like the the um the one sentence that I wrote down where rockabilly is basically rock and roll as we know it with bluegrass kind of thrown in there. And okay. psychobilly is just basically rockabilly and punk rock. Okay, there you go. See I knew the psychobilly part, but I didn't know the the bluegrass part of rockabilly. That's interesting. That's just kind of what I read from the the online stuff, but both Wikipedia, both yeah, basically, <laughs> but both of them use kind of like the same um, the same techniques, right? They both use like the tremolo bar. They both use the hollow body with the with the F cutouts and yeah, stand up like the, gre- the Gretsch guitars, yeah, Ugh. Gretsch guitars, Ludwig uh, drums, ugly guitars, and stand up. I don't. You're like the only person I've ever known who don't who doesn't like Gretsch guitars. They're ugly, dude. If I wanted it's to, insane. If, if I wanted to hold a big circle in the middle of my body, I would just play the <laughs> banjo. That's what I would do. <laughs> they're not a big circle. They, they're shaped like a, a guitar. They're, they're shaped big. like they're shaped like a like an obese guitar. Like a they're like fat they're like a um, guitar. They're like a a really really fancy acoustic guitar. Really That's what they fat are. Fat acoustic they're guitar. Very acoustic guitar is already fat. These are just like really fancy ones. These are obese that are made with thicker wood. Ah, boy, you're out of control. But also, uh, Nick Thirteen just got his own signature Gretsch model. That's kind of cool. cool. There aren't very many Gretsch signature guitars, so that's kind of cool. He got one. I know Tim Armstrong's like the biggest one of them, but maybe that's why yeah. I don't like him too. <laughs> 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 it's because of him. Also, speaking of Tim Armstrong, he was the one who, who pretty much found not founded the band but he was the one that signed the band to hellcat records for their first record put it out and kind of like helped them along the way he kind of discovered the band right because they just released like an ep or something like a vinyl release only yeah i don't think i don't think the the early years ep was or what temptation ep was uh i don't think that was on hellcat and I chapter, mean, obviously I think it was, it was chapter eleven what, or some other record label. Was chapter eleven Kresge's label? I didn't I didn't look that far into no, it. No 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 Kresge had a Kresge during the nineties he had a I think Key Lime Pie Records. I think that was his. And then eventually that formed in I think it's a dead body records. From what I remember. I could be wrong. I don't know. Anyway. It's also I fun to know let's let's not forget that Hellcat is a subsidiary of Epitaph. Epitaph, correct. There you go. Big business. Brett Gerwitz. Yes, big beer, big business. I also read Would that they be considered a, a major label? I don't. Epitaph's no, not a major no, label. No, not yet. They're 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 definitely like mid high mid tier labels. Yeah, yeah. Like they're I definitely mean, they, bigger than than Fat Records, but they're not. I mean, you can't compare them to like Warner or Universal or no, anything. Sony, nothing like that. No way. But I think like if if you're in a punk, like a true punk band, I feel like you're. The highest you would want to go as a punk band would be Epitaph before you get into the selling out 
phase of 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 being a punk band. Yeah, but some people, some some punk purists would say that Epitaph is selling out because they have bands signed to them like Ronnie Radke and like more mainstream shit rock. True. Hellcat so, also got in trouble too. I I read. I think last time we talked about whatever band we did that was signed to Hellcat, we talked about it. But what did we do that was signed to Hellcat? I don't remember. It was somebody. They have a, they've had a bunch of bands. Maybe it was. I don't know what the fuck it was. It doesn't matter right now. It doesn't matter right yeah, now. Yeah, I want to know. Was it Offspring? <sighs> but anyway, no, it Offspring. they um they've been in trouble a couple times. One time for censorship of um, fuck uh leftover crack was the band. They wanted to name one of their albums something along the lines of shooting kids in schools. <laughs> and Hellcat was like, no, nah, you, you just can't do that. And then they, they left the label saying that we're, they're censoring us, things like that. And then another one was a release of a different band under like a joint venture between Hellcat and Warner, which upset all of the punk purists that you talked about. Of course. And so what they did, kind of like unscrupulously, they removed the Warner label from the release, so all you saw was Hellcat, even though it still was released through Warner. Ooh, shady. Through Warner. Shady Armstrong over there. Shady, Ar- shady that's Armstrong. That's a cool nickname right there, Shady Armstrong. Tim Shady Armstrong, yeah. Now that's a nickname. <laughs> I like it. I also, oh, okay. I, I also saw what? that um, Tiger Army play their first show ever at Gilman Street. Yeah, 924 Gilman. Dang, yep. look at that. The first show ever. That's kind of cool. Green Day didn't play their first show at Gilman, right? I don't think they so. played a lot of shows there, but they don't. I don't think they played their first one there. But anyway, Gilman is iconic. That's an iconic venue, especially for this this time in music. Gilman was the place to be. I think it was a cooler place to play than fucking CBGB and shit like that. But not as cool as Chain Reaction. Chain Reaction was fucking cool. <laughs> Isn't that so weird to think? Like there are these like iconic venues, like really shitty fucking venues. That are just so popular for, just because of the time and place. It was all just time and place. It's actually it's so weird. It's really cool to talk about or talk with my neighbor because my neighbor was in a bands too, like in high school. He's a he's the bass player, older guy. Yeah, and I mean, just kind of like playing shows in like the '90s out here in Arizona, where there is no like iconic venue out here. Like, can you name any venue in Arizona? Mm, I don't know. There's a couple of venues that I know of just because I, now that I live here, I, I I know what they are. But but places like the Glass House, uh, the Doll Hut, places in Orange County that are so iconic for having bands like the Offspring play at them. Like the Offspring played at the Doll yeah. Hut back before they were really big, bef- like before their mm-hmm. first album was even out, and like no like doubt showcase. played local sh- local shows, like these yeah. venues. But then you think like these venues would almost make you pay to play. Remember how they would make you buy Chain tickets? Chain Reaction was like that, yeah. And then if you sell if these you tickets, sell yeah, if you didn't sell them, then you're coughing up the money. Yep. But out here in Arizona, from the, what this dude was telling me, he's like, that's not the way it was at all. If you wanted to play a show, you just find like three other bands that want to play, an open date, and then you play. That's it. Okay. And then all the money I mean, that, the, that they make, they'll they'll split, they'll give you like 15, 20% of it, whatever it was. There was no pay to play. So that's like strictly like a regional thing, and it's such fucking bullshit. It is. It sucks. But then it's it's like, okay, well, if you don't make people pay to play, then every Tom, Dick, and Harry who's going to start their own fucking stupid punk band is going to want to play on Saturday night, and the venue's going to yeah, have to make any it, money. But see, that's the big difference between Orange County and Arizona. Orange County is saturated with bands. 
Arizona, not not so much. So, I mean, here in Orange County, it, you there there's just so many that it was just you couldn't do that. You couldn't just say, okay, there, here's an open night, play for free. Like Arizona, you could do that because you know some nights there'd be nobody there, you know, or there'd be no bands to play. It's just a very it's a very different vibe in Arizona than it is here or Phoenix area than it is here in Orange County. Yeah, I mean, the only band I can think of that's like from Arizona is Jimmy World. Jimmy World, yeah. But then, like, how many bands are from even just like our area in Orange County? You can you could probably name almost ten bands yeah. that are pretty successful that are from Orange County. Absolutely, but no doubt, I think being the biggest of them all. Yeah, probably out of eh, Orange County. You think bigger out than of like Offspring? Well, maybe Social D. Uh, didn't we have this discussion? Didn't we look it up to see who sold more records? No doubt, or the Offspring. I think the Offspring won too. I think they did, and I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. I, I think the Offspring won because of I think Smash. it was no, I think it, they won because of Americana. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's been a long time since we did have this this fight, but yeah. It was I mean, we can de- we can definitely do it again at some point. We can do like an all <laughs> Orange County show. Ooh, that would that'd be so good. Like an OC episode. We could, we could have Gwen Stefani on the show. <laughs> on the That's stupid. She'd totally be on the pod. She'd be so down. Yeah, I'll text I'll her. Call her. I'll, I'll give her a call. I'll give her a call. Yeah. Not text her. I'll call her. Okay, all right, all right. She, all right. Did, she, never, she never texts back. You know that. <laughs> she, she answers her phone more than she texts. Man, if she ever if she ever listens to this, this is like borderline like creeper status. <laughs> 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 Who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> Well, she does listen. So. <laughs> That's true. There's that. All right, do we? Okay, let's get back to Tiger Army. Uh, in this this album, do we? Do we? Do we? Ah, hoo, hoo. Oh, I uh, I do want to play Annabelle Lee because I I think that baseline's killer and I think it's a good song. Do it. Do it. So here is uh, Annabelle Lee by Tiger Army.
There it is. Annabelle Lee. And Davy Havoc's cool, cool chorus. I, I think he sounds so good in the chorus. It's great. Good stuff. Good stuff, Davy. Keep it up, bud. <laughs> uh, you know, there's one member of this band we have talked very little about, and that's uh, drummer London May. Uh, London May. So London May, he's a drummer, and uh, he plays the drums. <laughs> he's a drummer that plays this, the drums, huh? He's a drummer that plays the drums. Pretty good. And uh, he kind of got his big gig uh, playing with Samhain back in the 80s after Danzig left the Misfits and formed Samhain. So he was, in this community, he's very, very big. And I think that's cool that the band Tiger Army were able to get him to play drums on this record and to be in the band for a little while before he was uh, replaced by Fred Hell. So, um, so yeah, I think that's really cool. I mean, he's he's a cool drummer. He's not a bad drummer. He has some cool little fills here and there. I think, though, he he's outshined by everybody else for sure on this record. Yeah. He just he hold, he holds it together. He does he does a good job. But other than that, he's solid, but I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about him? No. I I I don't want to say he's the weakest member, but he's definitely outshined by the other. I mean, there's only 3 of them, so it's it's not Yeah. It's hard, but he just <laughs> um similar to like the AFI album that we did. He the, the he just never stops. Like he just keeps going yeah. like forever. Constant. He drives he really drives the record, for sure. He's one of those drummers that does that really well. But yeah, that's uh, that's really all I got. I don't know. Yeah. All right, so final thoughts, and we'll give our uh, our rankings on this. Sound good? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, what do you got, baby girl? Do it. Uh, I'm pleasantly surprised by all of Tiger Army's music. Um, that was a good thing that I dove into them this week rather than just listen to this one album. Could kind of give it, kind of put this album into context throughout the whole tenure of Tiger Army. It was good. Like I said, I was pleasantly surprised, and I uh, I have put multiple songs on different playlists. So I will listen to him again. And as far as my rating for this album, I'm gonna give it a Oh. Mm. Oh. oh. I'll I'll give it two point five. I'll give it two point five. That's it? Yeah. Oh man. You should have given it a three. No, it's what no. <laughs> no. There's there's just there's too many okay songs on this album for me to go any higher than that. Okay. No, that's fair enough. For for a guy who's never been into the band and he's always Talk shit on me for liking them so much. <laughs> that's that's much higher than I was expecting from you. But um, so my final thoughts, like I said, I've loved this band f- since I was pretty young. Got into them with this record. This is my favorite Tiger Army record. I think uh, lyrically, I, I think the lyrics are really, really great. I love the whole tone of the album. It's very dark and, like I said, dark and romantic, but in not none of the cheesy ways. Uh guitar playing he he's he's subdued with his guitar playing but there's enough there to to give the song's character the melodies are fantastic uh jeff kresge's bass playing on this is superb fantastic just kills it on the stand-up bass uh especially coming from the electric bass in afi and other punk bands uh to transition into stand-up bass i think is it was fantastic and he did such a great job on this record and uh, London May's drums, like I said, they drive every song really well, but unfortunately, he does get outshined by the other two guys, but that's not knocking his talent and his abilities. Overall, the songs are great. This album is great. Uh, I'm going to give this a perfect three. That's craziness. Uh, that's the truth. It's fact. It's but, a perfect three. So if you didn't know. Perfect three would be a perfect album, and you've said that some of the songs are just album. okay. 
it's a perfect album. Uh, so if it, nobody knows, if you don't know our ranking system, our ranking system is three is a perfect score. It's a perfect album. A two is a good album that you're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but you should at least give it a chance. And zero is hot garbage. Don't even bother with it because it's fucking should burn in hell. Uh, if you believe in hell. I don't if know you what believe you believe in, in. That's up to you. But yeah, perfect three. Perfect album for me. Damn. Tag, Tag Army, Power of Moonlight. Power of Moonlight. Shines on me. Sleep to my soul. So good. I love the like the bass is like doom 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 every song. Just kind of the same thing, but I don't know. Whatever. All right, we're done with our album of the week. We just did Tiger Army and their second album, Power of Moonlight. Uh, now we're making up for last week because we di- I didn't have time last week to go through some new music and other happenings. So we're going to get through this as fast as we can. Uh, some new album releases in the, in the last two weeks. Korn put out their new record, The Nothing. It's fantastic. I've listened to it several times. Jeff really likes it too. Uh, Tiger mm-hmm. Army put out a new record the same day called Retro, Retro Future. Jeff also liked that one. So that's kind of cool. Uh, for all you uh, post-hardcore emo kids of the past, Sleeping With Sirens, I think they were from back then, uh, they put out a new record called How It Feels To Be Lost. Um, I didn't listen to it because I don't give two shits. But uh, Alice Cooper, classic, classic Alice Cooper, put out an EP <laughs> called Breadcrumbs EP. Get into that if you're into classic rock or Alice Cooper. Check it out. It's, it's pretty good. It's good. I enjoyed it. I just burped too. So enjoy that. Uh, Blink-182 put out their brand new album yesterday or two days ago. The album is called Nine. It is their ninth album. Uh, They're really clever with the naming of their albums too. So that's cool. Uh, But we're actually going to be talking about this album next week on the next pod. So stay tuned for that because there's lots going to be talked about. Uh, As I Lay Dying Dying have returned with a brand new album called Shaped by Fire – and uh, it's a solid record. It, did you did you get a chance to listen to it? No, I mean I had no, a chance. I just didn't listen to it. You just didn't because obviously you have better things to do, but not really. Correct. Uh, it was good though. It's it's a solid hardcore record. It's what you'd expect from the band. So good stuff. Some new songs that were released in the last two weeks. Uh, we're gonna play a few of these right up front. Green Day put out a new song called Father of All. Should I just play it and then we'll talk about it? Yeah. Okay. So here's if you nobody's heard it yet, here is Father of All by uh the Green Days. Why you gonna go 
That's New Green Day. It's called Father of All. Uh, they're putting out a new album in February. Uh, I think under the same name, Father of All. Um, Billy Joe Armstrong has stated that the album is only going to be 26 minutes long. So we'll see how that goes. And uh song was better than I was expecting it to be, right? Yeah, it's weird. I, I think we were expecting just total shit, shit. and revolution radio <laughs> kind of bullshit. And yeah. because this is so different and so weird... Like, I had to check multiple times to make sure I was listening to the right song because it's so bizarre. I I'm, I wonder if that's Billy Joe singing the whole time or if they have somebody else coming in and sing the first part because the second part totally sounds like him. Yeah. But it's just that really high first part. Like, I don't know. It's so bizarre. I'm so intrigued. So two things. I think this sounds like a raconteur song. I think he sounds like Jack White, especially when he sings high. Uh, second, they played this song on Jimmy Kimmel Live earlier this week. And in fact, he does sing both parts, the high, the high part, as well as the, the chorus. Uh, but I did notice when they were performing live on the show, Billy Joe wasn't playing guitar. He was just singing. And then they had uh, Jason White. Uh, wait, Jason White? I think that's his name. Right? Yeah, Jason White playing guitar like he always is. And then they had their other third guitar player standing behind Jason White playing guitar as well, playing the exact same thing as Jason and uh it was just kind of weird because these dudes are in like their late 40s and they're talking about how much you know saying that saying fuck is like so controversial like they they're they when they speak in interviews they sound very dated and them talking about punk rock just sounds very dated now and listening to them talk about this song makes me like the song less <laughs> It's not a bad song. It's definitely not. It doesn't sound like a Green Day song, but it's not bad. It's good. Just, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know what to think in life anymore. I don't. I don't know what to do. I don't think it's a good song. I. I mean, I. If I had made a Green Day playlist, this would definitely not go on it. <laughs> but I'm just. I'm intrigued enough, and I'm excited enough that this doesn't sound anything like than what I hate about Green Day. That I'm excited mm-hmm. enough to be anxious about the new album. It, for the first time it in a long, be. long time. This also, it's also, this is more in the vein of Foxborough hot tubs than it is what Green Day have been doing the last fifteen years. That's just what it is. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes in February when the new album comes out, which I'm sure we're gonna do on the pod sure. because we did Revolution Radio, so we might as well do the Father of All as well. Father of uh, All. Now, Weezer put out a new song. This one is called The End of the Game. I'm going to play it, and then we'll talk about it. But uh, here's new Weezer for you.
That's New Weezer. Called the end of the game. What'd you think about this one? It was good. Like the Green Day song was just interesting, and I I was excited. But this song I thought was good. I I really enjoyed this and it had all of my favorite things that Weezer has done in the past and kind of thrown into one song, but more in a kind of a, a contemporary way. Absolutely, it's. I think it's. A, I was. Dare I say, blown away by this song, just because we've heard so much crap recently from them, that this is like, wow, they could, they still got it, they still got it. It's, yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's 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 hard good to, to gauge on 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 that kind of scale too, because I mean, like, I compare everything to baseball, and so when you get a guy that comes up to the plate <laughs> and is constantly striking out, strikeout, 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 like a fucking all the time, and then all of a sudden hits a dinger, the crowd goes nuts, right? <laughs> But yeah. when Mike Trout comes up to the plate, and he's always he's always hitting dingers, then he hits one. Is it worth as much? Even though they're worth the same on paper, kind of the feeling of both of them aren't worth the same subjectively. And so I almost okay. feel like we're we're so jaded because Weezer has released so much disappointing material that I hope this song still holds up when I put it on a playlist and it comes on after like the good life or on after surf wax America. I wonder if I'll like it as much when it's squished in between some true bangers that Weezer has done. You know, I think it will because it, to me, what, what I discovered recently with Weezer, like in the last year or so is that what I, I think works so well with them is that rivers has a way of writing very, very poppy melodies but then having like heavy guitars or more of like a like alternative rock or like almost punk rock or metal kind of thing following his pop melodies. So it's always that that dynamic between the two styles that has made Weezer really, really good. And then when they try to do too much of just like the straight up pop, it just sounds really boring. Like you need that that push and pull, that dynamic of the two genres of music to make Weezer good. If that makes any sense, no, because I feel sense. like that's always been the best Weezer, and that's how Blue, that's how especially Pinkerton was. A lot of Green was like that, uh, even up through Make Believe was kind of like that as well. Uh, well and then that's say, when, like, after on, that, that's when they started to experiment more. On on Make Believe is when you hear like the truly truly pop songs, like um, mm-hmm. We Are All on Drugs and some of the other fucking songs that I thought I liked when they came out, but listening to them now is like these are terrible songs. Yeah, and, and then they came they out with first embrace what? like that pop sound, and then Fully they kind of really it. reached, they kind of reached the pinnacle with the Ratitude album, which was just besides one song on that record, everything was awful. Ratitude sucked. What song are you talking about? Cool artwork. You yeah, if you're wondering, yeah, yeah, that song's a good one. But it, cool. I mean, I love the artwork on that record, but other than that, the album sucks. Um, but yeah, that's new Weezer. Uh, they're putting out, they said that they're putting their new album out in May, but they said it's very possible. It's going to come out sooner. So what I think is going to happen, they're going to, it's going to happen the same way they did with the black album. They said, Oh yeah, this album's coming out in like six months. And then surprise, we come out with, we just came out with a new album, like three months before the black album and here's Teal. So I think they're just kind of doing it, just doing that too right now. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with Weezer? They're Ooh. they're a very unusual band. They are. Um, so Fallout Boy put out another put a new song out too. I only bring up Fallout Boy because next summer, Green Day, Weezer, and Fallout Boy are all going on a tour called the Hell Omega Tour. Um, 
So go check that out, that out if you're interested in them. These three bands putting out new songs. It's supposed to go. It's supposed to help promote this this tour that they're going on. I'm not gonna play the Fallout Boy song, even though it was way better than I expected. And Just I say it. With, it was good. It was a good. song. It was good. It it was a good song. <laughs> it really actually was a good song. I hate saying it because they only have like one good song prior to this. Um, but no, this new one's good. But I'm not gonna play it because we don't have time. Uh, Raised Fist, the uh, the hardcore band Raised Fist, they've been lying dormant for a few years now, but they just surprised, surprisingly put out a new song called Anthem. Uh, it's not as hardcore as their older music, but it's it's good. It's not bad. Did you listen to it? Yeah. Eh, it was good, right? It wasn't bad, just not great. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, like, I want my Raised Fist to be a lot angrier fast. than this. Yeah, it's a little bit more subdued than what they put out. Uh, Touche Amore, they, uh, I don't know much about this band, but uh, my favorite producer, Ross Robinson, who we've talked about extensively on this pod, he's producing a new record. Um, so I, Ross played some of their music on his Instagram. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll check this out. And uh, the song is called Defector. It was much better than I thought it was going to be. And knowing that they worked with Ross is even cooler. Usually bands who work within their records ended up end up being pretty good. So go check that out. Uh, Wednesday 13 put out a new song because the new album comes out next week. Uh, this one is with Alice Cooper. The song is called Necrophase. Necrophase. I'm not going to play it, but uh, just know that it came out. And his new album called Necrophase comes out on the 27th. So I'm sure I'll be talking about that more. Uh, Ghost, the band Ghost, they put out two new songs last week. One is called Kissed kiss the go goat i don't know what the fuck that means another one is mariana cross and uh this one jeff actually likes yeah, it's am fantastic. i correct in saying that i this is the first time you've ever spoke positively about this band i liked kiss the go goat too i thought it was a good song but i thought that was a better song of the two but damn mariana cross man i don't know that was that song was fantastic i'm shocked after all these years of trying to get you to like the band, it took this long, but it finally happened. Hey, better late than never. But, um, yeah, that's true. Here's uh, Mariana Cross by Ghost.
that's Mary on a Cross. Wow, by Ghost. I don't know, man. Besides, like Power of Moonlight, that's possibly the best chorus that we've talked about on this podcast <laughs> today. Oh, you're insane! It's a, it's good, it's catchy, but Damn. the best? Come on, man! Come on, man! Come on! It'd be crazy if you don't think that's like one of the catchiest things we talked about today. It hey, it is definitely catchy, second sure. best. Might be first best. Uh, not definitely not first best. Mm. No, don't get crazy. Mm. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't say things that you're going to regret later. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, they put out two new songs. Like I said, Kiss the Go-Goat and Mariana Cross by Ghost. It's good stuff. Go check it out. Go check out their last album that they put out, Prequel. Great great album. Good stuff. I might. I actually might. You might. It's more pop-oriented like these songs, not rock-based like their earlier albums. So you might like it. Who knows? Yes, maybe. You never know. Never know. Uh Refused have got back together once again uh, to put out a new album and the first single from said album they released. It's called Rev One or Rev Zero Zero One. I don't know how to what how it's supposed to be said, but there you go. New Refused, go check it out. It's kind of what you'd expect from modern Refused. Not not the best, but still good. That's right. Uh, Cancer Bats, yeah, Cancer Bats. They put out a new song called uh, Dog Parks Switch Off. It's what you'd expect from expect from Cancer Bats. Good, solid, hardcore music. Uh, Phantom Planet have returned uh, in the last few months, and they put out another new song called Party Animal. It's uh, it's a little bit more poppy than what they were doing before they broke up. Uh, I still like it. I think it was good. I think it's good. They put on a really fun show. If you uh, ever get a, get a chance to go check out Phantom Planet, they're good. Uh, Third Eye Blind, they put out a, so- a surprisingly good song called Walk Like Kings. I think it's really good. Well, not really. I think it's good. Jeff might agree with me. I don't I know. I thought it was okay. I don't I don't like his voice in this song. He sounds like he did 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah, he sounds, 20 years he ago. sounds old. I well, like I mean, it. he is older. I don't like it. I mean, what do you, what do you expect? People well, age. I don't want him to sound old. Ah, uh, well, that's, that's why this I don't listen band, to grandpa music because I don't want to hear old people singing songs. Well, this next band, they're young, but they sing old people's music. <laughs> and that's Greta Van Fleet, uh, the Led Zeppelin ripoff band. They put out a new song called Always There. It's not really that great, but I just like to shit talk on Greta Van Fleet because they're just so blatant, blatantly Led Zeppelin ripoff and they refuse to acknowledge that. It's very irritating. So, it's so annoying, and I will continue to talk about them and talk shit on them. And there's all these like old, like on al- alternative nation, all these all these websites will have interviews with. I think Billy Gibbons is one that stood out to me recently, and they talked about how Greta Van Fleet's so great and they're reviving rock and roll and, and like, dude, they're not. Dude, <laughs> they're not reviving rock and roll. They're they're stealing it. They're just taking zeppelin riffs and his vocal melodies that's all they're doing although that's basically what zeppelin did too yeah but zeppelin did it in a much better way like they actually (laughs) they're like the zeppelin songs didn't sound like the original versions of what they were covering that's true taking inspiration from so it's very different um john mayer put out a new song called carry me away it's it's solid it's a good john mayer song definitely not bad I've always had a lot of respect for the guy. I don't really like his music that much, but sick guitar player. He has a good voice. 
There you go. I like everything Gary about Boulay. John Mayer except for his music. Right? Yeah, he seems like a really cool guy too. And he's a fantastic guitar player, but I think his music is boring. It's funny because like he'll go and play with other like bands just like replacing the singer, and he fucking kills it. Like right. he did with he did with Double Trouble, played Stevie Ray Va- Stevie Ray Vaughan songs, just absolutely nailed it. And then now he's been on tour with uh, the Grateful Dead over the last year, taking Jerry Garcia's place. And fucking, I'm not a big Grateful Dead guy, but you know he kills it up there. It's he's just really like, talented. He's so fucking talented, and he's hilarious. He's funny. He is pretty funny, yeah. Uh, Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, and Lana Del Rey put out a song called Don't Call Me Angel. I think it fucking sucks. <laughs> it's bad. Like, could they have picked, like, the three most different types of singers and put them in a song together and just, ugh, it's gross. It's not good. Yeah. Like, none of them sound good together. No. I mean, Miley Cyrus is just straight up bad. Like, I mean, yeah, she can sing, but her voice is like, it's not pleasant to listen to. She can sing well, but her, ah, she's just gross sounding. I don't like the way she sounds. And then Ariana Grande is just, she's a great singer. It's don't care. Lana Del Rey, she's a whisper singer. Not really into that genre. Everybody can sing in a whisper, right? Yeah. Some might say that. Yeah. I say that. Uh, Lagwagon put out a new song called Surviving California. I thought it was fucking great. I thought it was a great song. Yeah, it was really great cool. punk song. And I love the if the the artwork too. It's like such a good it's such a good throwback to like stupid rollerbladers wearing their Walkman. <laughs> yeah. Uh back in the like the early mid nineties. It's so good. Great artwork, great song. Surviving California by Lagwagon. And last but not least, we have uh, a new major laser song. Uh, how do you pronounce this, Jeff? Que calor. Que calor. Que calor. Que calor. I don't know who the other people in the song are. They're various. Don't matter, Latin baby. It's artists. a party song. That's all you need to know. It really is. So here's a Que calor by Major Lazer. Major Lazer, new song by Major Lazer. Damn, what Get a banger! It's a good banger. It's, wow, it's what you would expect from Major Lazer. 
That's what <laughs> it is. Good stuff. Good stuff from Major Lazer. Yeah, that was that's. Oh, I love that song. Did it go on one of your playlists? Yeah, I put it on two of them. I, I have like a banda, and then oh my other God. playlist. I put it on. I'm gonna feel uh, it out. I just can't get into that that kind of music. I'm gonna feel it out. I don't know how you do it. And then I put it on a party playlist. A party playlist I can understand, but a banda playlist. Come on, man. That shit. <laughs> I can't get into that. That's just too much. Some of it's real. You liked the other one I played love, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was okay, but I'm not gonna go and listen to a playlist of it, oh. or you know, more than a couple songs. I'm not. It's good, dude. Just, that's just how it be. It's good. Uh, so yeah, that's it for new music. Let's get into some other stuff. Uh, I forgot to mention the Raised Fist album. Their new album Anthem comes out November 15th. So get into that when it comes out. I'm sure we'll talk about it more as when it's released. Uh, to commemorate. The 20th anniversary of AFI's All Hollows EP. They are releasing a limited release vinyl patch and shirt bundle on their website. Crazy to think that was 20 years ago that 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 amazing EP was released. But that's kind of cool that they're kind of acknowledging their older material, which they rarely do. So good on them for doing something cool for the fans for once. Uh, Bullets and Octane... They have revealed a Kickstarter campaign, uh, went live on September 17th. This is to kickstart a new album from them. They're asking for $15,000, which doesn't seem like a lot to make an album, but apparently that's all they need to make it. So they have a shit ton of bundles on there. Um, Some interesting stuff for Bullets fans, I guess. I was surprised to see within a day they had raised like over three grand in a day. And um, so that's kind of cool. Good. I mean, I hope they they make that that goal. Fifteen thousand doesn't seem like a lot for a band, but we'll see how that goes. It doesn't seem like a lot for a band with so many members. Like, can't they all just kick in a couple grand? Uh, you'd think. Like, haven't you? Have, like, have you guys not been working this past X amount of years? Like, you don't. You haven't even yeah. fucking money saved up. I don't know, man. I really don't know. Damn. I but I know like uh, the band Mindless Self Indulgence, they're they're kind of a popular not not even really a they're a known band I guess they did a Kickstarter back in 2011 or 2012, and they were asking for like I think it was like seventy thousand, and their Kickstarter ended up making like a hundred twenty grand or something like that. It was some like crazy fucking amount, and so I think Bullets can pull off fifteen grand if they can't. I think they need to start looking for other careers or other bands. Because yeah, exactly. if you can't if you can't raise fifteen thousand, I I don't know. It's time to grow up. Not, first of all, or, well, I wouldn't go that far. Like if this is your fucking passion, then when was the last time they released an album? Like last year, two years ago. Oh well, if this is your passion, then in that time you should be busting <laughs> your ass, working, saving money for the next album. You shouldn't be bumming money off your fans. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't mind that. I don't mind the Kickstarter at all. I think that's like the cool way. I think that's a good way of letting fans help you make a record. I like that. At least you get something for it. Like there's, you exactly, know, I'll yeah. pledge $20 and I get something for it as opposed to that's like exactly GoFundMe it where it's just straight up bumming money off people. But yeah, it, but these no, are, kicks, these no, are this grown ass men, dude, that have been in this business for decades. Yeah. Grow up. I know. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> oh boy so if you're interested in that you can go look it up bullets and octane kickstarter 
I don't know the actual URL. Uh, now, Rick Ocasek, he, uh, he died last week. I know a lot of people have already touched upon it, but I still wanted to bring it up because he's very, very significant in the music world. He's done a lot of really great things, written a lot of great songs, and produced some great albums. So, uh, yeah, Rick Ocasek, I think he was 76 when he passed away. Yeah, he was old. So there you go. I guess yeah, it's not and that he old, but... Somebody was talking about how, like, Rick Ocasek, he's as old as, like, Paul McCartney and Keith Richards and all those guys, but he doesn't seem that old, right? Yeah. Like, I, I always thought, thought, I I always thought he was too. younger, but he's the same age as all of them. So there you go. And, uh, yeah, if, if you don't know, he produced uh, Weezer's Blue Album. So yeah. there you go. Very significant. Also, some fun little fact. Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins produced one of Rick Ocasek's solo albums. So that's kind of cool, too, because I'm a huge Pumpkins fan, too. So He also produced a Green album, too. Just throwing it out there. Oh, that's right. He did Green. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Good stuff. So Rick Ocasek, he left behind some great music. So there you go. Moving on to some cool tours, I guess you could say, or some cool shows coming up. Uh, we already talked about the Hell Omega tour with uh, Green Day, Weezer, and Fall Out Boy, as well as the Interrupters. That starts in June of 2020, so get into that if you're interested. Uh, Dashboard Confessional, uh, apparently Chris Crabb is being a butt, uh, according to Jeff, so I'll let <laughs> Jeff lead the way on that one, because I'm kind of curious, because I don't know why he's being a butt. Well, you know we had what talked we about, like in our group chat, Mike and me, we're big fans of um, the places you've come to fear the most. Or the place you've yeah. come to fear, whatever it is, and we thought, oh, it's you know, it's coming up on like the twenty-year anniversary of it. I wonder if he'll do a show where he just does that album in its entirety, either acoustic or with the band. And then he announced that he is doing it. He's doing the place you've come to fear and a mark emission of Brand of Scar, but it's only on select dates. And that's kind of lame. Not only that, but he's also touring with the Get Up Kids on select dates. So it's only like half of the tour will be the the shows where he does the albums in their entirety. But even on that half tour, half of that half tour is going to be split up between Places You've Come to Fear and A Mark Admission to Brandon Scar. So A Mark Admission to Brandon Scar is the one that has like um, Vindicated on it. Ugh. And then The Place You've Come to Fear Gross. the most is, is the one that has, that's like one of the best emo acoustic albums like ever. But That's it's only debatable. on ha- like twenty five percent of the tour he's doing it, and that fucking irritates me so much. Yeah, that's really annoying. I, I don't like that either. Like if it was something like what Taking Back Sunday did uh, earlier this year, where they they were doing they were flipping a coin to see what album they were going to play in its entirety every night. Did you know they were doing that? No. That's they were cool doing. Though. They were either going to do it was Tell All Your Friends or Where You Want to Be in its entirety, and every night before the show they would flip a coin to decide which album they were going to play that night. I thought Damn, that was a cool harsh. idea. It 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 is, but I think it's still like it's it's a cool idea that they did for an entire tour. So they had to learn two albums worth of material for that, plus <laughs> like you know the greatest hits at the end. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's pretty cool. But yeah, no dashboard and Chris Crabber, they're kind of lame. So no, dude. <laughs> oh. You just said yourself he's being a butt. He is. He's being a butt this because is, this is this is a butt munch. It is. This He's is being like a butt the true munch. definition of a butt munch. So why are you why are you defending defending the butt munch? Because I really, dude, I would pay I would pay probably close to like a hundred bucks to go see him do an acoustic set of 
places you've come to fear. For You're sure. You're insane. I would. Absolutely. And I would cry and I would laugh and I would have a great time. If you time. don't cry. You don't cry. I would cry for this. <laughs> I would. Would you pay $200 to, to see this? If it was like an intimate show where there's only maybe like 100 people. 200 bucks? I might. Oh, you're wild. I boy. might. <laughs> and you'd, you'd be singing and crying every word with him. Dude. Woof. With his stupid hairstyle and fedora that he wears now. Yeah. He's he's oh, he's such an ugly man right he's now. He's definitely an ugly person now. Because <laughs> he was good looking back in the day. Yeah, he was a heartthrob. He was, but now he's fucking ugly. Dude, he was like a heartthrob that like like rivaled like JTT in his peak. Like he was he was a heartthrob. <laughs> Absolutely. I wouldn't go that far, but Okay. All right. So this last bit here, um, speaking of older bands playing their their albums in their entirety, uh, Thrice have announced for their 15th anniversary, they will be playing Visu in its entirety, which is really, really cool. I'm pretty sure I'm going to go to the, to one of these shows because Visu is an amazing record. What if it's it, $200? It was, it's not. It's four, No, it's 50 It's 50 bucks a ticket. I already checked. Because Kevin asked me if I was going to go a couple days ago. Oh, is Kevin going? Oh, f- come on. Are you kidding me? Of course yeah. he's going. <laughs> you don't, do you even have to ask that question? But um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty positive I'm going to be going to this show. Maybe you can get Ryan to go if Kevin and you are going. Mm-hmm. Ryan's not going. Ryan doesn't go to concerts. You better invite him, though. Unless it's like, I know you're right. I better invite him because he'll throw a hissy fit. But yeah, so there it is. Yeah, Visu, 15th anniversary of that album release and uh it's gonna be good because that that album was the transition album to what they sound like now but in all the best ways if that makes any sense so there you have it that's it for the show for the pod uh if you have any questions you can email us asinairradio@gmail.com, or just dm us slide into our dms on insta or twitter tweet at us i don't know at asinai radio that's our those are our handles get into that go rate review and subscribe to us on itunes really really do that because that's very important uh and we're desperate for reviews and comments so give us five stars i don't give us fucking one don't be a little bitch about it give us Ooh, fucking five stars a little butt munch because yeah. if you do you're a fucking you're you're a lifetime butt muncher you're a butt muncher okay. fuck but uh yeah thank you all for listening to episode 165 of the pod uh, next week is going to be a an interesting one, but uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so thank you again for listening. And um, what do we? How do we end this? Says keep refrigerated. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> fucking. Are you a dog? What's going on with you? Uh, it's <laughs> five. But the girls. 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 But this is girls. This is girls. That is girls. I'm almost done. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. However, I've moved light. Shines down on me, seeps to my soul. However, I've moved light. The power of moonlight. Of moonlight. Oh, oh. <laughs>
<laughs> you know what's uh, super annoying? You? Dude, is I fucking, I find myself, like, when something happens to somebody, like, let's, I'm just going to make up a scenario that perfectly. <laughs> okay. So, you paint, paint you the picture here. Let's say you're sitting down at, like, a quiet restaurant, and somebody walks by, and they drop, like, their keys in the floor, right? Mm-hmm. And then you sitting down, you go, oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's your new thing. I, I like. I don't know why I do it. I hate myself for doing it. it makes me so <laughs> mad. I, I don't know. I feel so embarrassed. And I feel so. St- oh. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so mad. I can't. Oh. I don't know why I do it. I, I I do it too. I think everybody does it. I hate it so much. What then do why you, don't you what stop? Is that? I don't know. It's like a subconscious thing that I. <laughs> I don't know I'm doing until after I do it, and by that time it's too late. But like, why do we do that? <laughs> I don't know. What purpose does that serve? I don't know. It does know. nothing. It really it doesn't do anything at all. I think it's like a maybe it's like a nervous reaction we have to to things, like some like we see something that that sucks or something that that's bad, and it's just like a knee jerk reaction. Oh. That has to be it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Now Ugh. I'm going to think about that every time I do it. Dude, it's so annoying. And then I hate, like, if somebody does it to me, and like, just shut the fuck up. Don't, just don't say anything. <laughs> oh. Or laugh. I'd, like, I, w- I would rather somebody laugh at my misfortune than go, ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Make this disgusting guttural noise. Ooh, ooh. But now, now you're just going to laugh because you've had this stupid conversation with me. <sighs> I'm going to laugh every time I, I do it now. I'm not even going to get mad. I'm just going to laugh. But like it, it could be something so simple as like the grocery store clerk giving your money back and then they, they drop like a quarter and go, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, I hate that we all do it, too. That's the worst part of it. Oh, <laughs> so annoying. Oh, this is fantastic. <laughs>